All right, we'll come back to more CF talk at some point. Is Morales putting in work? Yeah, eight o'clock, still cutting all this stuff up. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what's kind of a bummer, Slee? What do you got? So, I'm, you know, I mentioned to you uh, that I did Key Show a couple of days this week, right? Yeah, yeah. national, by the way, for those who don't know, uh, Travis uh, just kind of working his way into the national broadcast across the entire country, doing a little uh, doing a little show with Keyshawn Johnson. It, it helps that I have an inside man with Key. That's, uh, that's nice to have a friend that's doing that yeah, best show. Best friends but with Zubin. Here, here's the part that kind of was a drag. See, I initially thought that I was going to get to go on TV to do it, right? That, mm-hmm. that I was going to come up and do it from LAPC, but it's in the middle of the night, so that just wasn't really an option. But I got my first real haircut in 16 months. I wasted a haircut and didn't even get to show it off on TV. So what would you do? You just went to uh, just a local lo- uh-huh. local haircut spot? I mean, you uh-huh. telling them? Are you letting them know? Like, hey, listen, I don't want to put any extra pressure on you. Um, but I'm gonna be on national TV, so don't screw this thing up. And then, nope. and then you slipped him, uh, you slipped him a five, like an extra five, like underneath. <laughs> He's like, bro, five dollars. What That'd was be a that good gonna way do? To get the top of your ear cut off to slide him an extra five. Um, no, here's my. This is my uh, barbershop. Slide etiquette. him a five. You have changed. I just want three singles back. I need three singles back. <laughs> I go in. I sit there and I wait for them to call my name. And then I go to the chair, and they put the little paper thing around your neck, and then they put the little smock around to catch all the hair. Yep. And then the barber says, uh, how would you like me to cut your hair? And I tell them what I want. And I want I a say, perm. What do you mean, how do I want to cut my hair? I have <laughs> barely any hair left. Give me the Mike Brady. Um, and then I sit there in silence for the next 12 or 13 minutes, however long it takes them to cut. And they say, does that look good? And I say, yep. And then I get up, and I pay him, and I leave. That's you, my barbershop experience. Do you talk? There's no never. conversation? I, I will answer questions that are asked of me. I will never, ever, ever engage You're in You're not the initiator? No. How about just a quick, like, uh, how's everything going? How's your day going? None of so that? Th- None of that? That's how they always start, right? Hey, you having a good day? Yeah, not bad. How about you? Pretty good. Mm. So and then we uh, sit there in silence. <laughs> because, look, let's be honest. Let's be honest. They don't want to talk to me any more than I want to talk to them. They've got somebody in that chair every half an hour or so, every twenty minutes. Bro, they some of these no, 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 days. no. Some of these barber shops, they are talking the entire time. They want to know every everything about you. I'm like, bro, just you know, number two on the sides in the back. Let's taper it up. Let's call it a day. Yeah, that's, that's some. But some people love that. You know, literally, there are a lot of in that industry, that world. There's some that all they do is talk. That's why they like the industry. Hard pass. Hard pass on the uh, talking. I just I get I get enough talking in during the day. I really don't need to add too much to it. All right, Dodgers. I, I could see you going to a grocery store and every aisle you want to talk to somebody. What do you think? Oh my. Are you so, grabbing that soup? It's not bad soup. I've had it before. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Can you imagine getting involved in that conversation? I have a buddy. You're gonna go two percent? Okay, I'm just who, saying. You know, probably non-fat's better. I'm just <laughs> saying, Travis. Nice to meet you. I have a buddy who literally lives a five-minute walk from the grocery store, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. From his front door to the front door of the grocery store on foot is five minutes tops. Mm-hmm. He drives across town to go to a different store for really? fear of running into somebody he knows at the grocery <laughs> store up the street. That that, so I, I, that, that I know that, that feeling. I know that, that feeling. That right there is about 98% of why we get along. 
because we understand each other that I don't need to go to the grocery store and see Timmy's mom who wants to chat me up about the soccer game on Saturday. Oh, the boys were good this weekend. Yeah, great, Mrs. Timmy. Wonderful. Be having your cart over there. <laughs> oh, that looks good. What are you making tonight? <laughs> Nothing. Leave me alone. I just, I just, oh, goodness gracious. Awesome. Yeah, I don't want to do that. All right. Uh, the Dodgers are 14 and 4, MLB best 14 and 4, Slee. Uh, they split up in Seattle yesterday, uh, one to nothing game, just another way that they can win games. They can win them high scoring, low scoring, and mm-hmm. everywhere in between. Um, that series that the Dodgers and the Padres had last weekend, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but I, let, me, let me put it to you this way. I can't remember watching a more fun series yeah. in the middle of April than I do that one. It just it just felt like something that was meaningful, and it really wasn't. There was nothing on the line. We're in the first month of the season, and it felt super important. Now, I don't know if this one coming up this weekend is going to feel like that because the Padres have kind of hit the skids a little bit. They're they're five hundred. They're ten and ten. They're already five games behind the Dodgers. And here's the rub: unless they come into Dodger Stadium this weekend and win three of these games, they're officially out of the National League West race. And that sounds so stupid to say in the middle of April, but the Dodgers aren't going to have that five, six game losing streak. They're too good. It's not going to happen. So the only way you beat to catch them is to play at the same pace as they are. And then when you play against them, you have to beat them. And I just don't think they can do it. Well, I got a couple things here. I think the, that series, the three game set in San Diego, the reason why, um, you know, you were so excited about it and you think, and I, you know, just being on social, on Twitter or whatever the case is during those games, everybody was talking as if this is the greatest regular season. You know what I mean? Like it it was the fact that there was so much hype going into that series and it surpassed that hype. I think that had a lot to do with it because each game was close. Each game was coming down to Mookie Betts catch where if he doesn't make that catch or the ball gets past him, not only is it a tie game, how far is that runner going? Um, Padres coming back in the uh, in, in the final game. Look back at the storylines. Blake Snell is pitching. Look back at the storylines in the first game where it goes extra innings. There are times you thought Padres are going to win, Dodgers are going to win, the game keeps going. It surpassed expectations. That's number one. The second thing I'll say about the Padres and the Dodgers for this four-game set, um, look, here's the reality. We have, and I think this is a media thing, the, the, hype, is, the hype machine is there right now for the Padres. But the Padres haven't, they're not accustomed to this. They're not, you know, an organization or a franchise that, okay, hey, the hype is there. We live up to these expectations. They're not accustomed. It's not like we talk about the Padres all that often. They're 10 and 10 right now. The Giants are actually in second place yeah, in the NL West at 11 and 7. Um, Padres are obviously struggling, but I, I, I don't think anybody has kind of gone on, like you mentioned, unless they win three or four games. You're probably not going to catch the Dodgers, which I get what you're saying. And I, and I understand why you're saying that, even though it's in April. But the reality is, I don't think anybody expects the Padres to win the division anyways. It's about them just trying to no, figure things I, out by the time they get to the postseason. I, I agree. I don't think anybody was expecting them to win the division. But what I do think was an expect, expectation for the Padres was to be in the mix a lot longer than three weeks. <laughs> because that... that You're not it, lying there. We're, we're, we're just about to that point where you can say, okay, the Padres are playing for a wild card. Because, look, I, I get it. The Dodgers, they're going to have a three-game losing streak at some point in this season. They, they, they will. They might have a four-game losing streak at some point in this season. But I don't see that happening maybe more than once. I really don't see an extended losing streak going beyond that because the pitching's just too good, hmm. and there's too much of it. 
They think about what they're going to throw out this weekend. They're going to go Bueller, Bueller Kershaw, right? Bauer, May. Bam, 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 bam. And okay, you don't so get Urias, who just right, yesterday you gave up you one run. Urias is because he pitched or seven, gave up no runs, 11 right. guys and only gave up one hit yesterday. So the Dodgers will never have an extended losing streak. The Padres are doing what normal teams do. You play well for a week. You have a week where you're just kind of okay. You have another week where you play well. Then you have a bad week. And it just kind of over the course of 162 games, if you have every month you have two good weeks, a mediocre week, and a bad week, you're a pretty good team. The Dodgers are going to have three good weeks and a mediocre week. You can't catch that team. This is um, I, I think this tells more of the story so far early on, right? Dodgers are 14-4. and four. If they were, let's just say hypothetically, 11-7, and seven, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be that concerned. You would just be saying, hey, Dodgers are still playing some good baseball. Okay, it is what it is. Dodgers are playing even better than I think we thought coming into the season. Or, you know or, what's scary about that, Slee? Mm-hmm. I don't think that they are. I think they're playing about what we thought they would. And, and because the expectations yeah, are. Yeah, no, that, that's true. I, I think they're going to win about three out of every four games. I think that's just kind of where they are. And you look at their winning percentage right now, they're winning 78% of their games. So maybe they're slightly ahead of that 750 clip. But it, Because, look, as you look at this team right now, is anybody just going bananas? Not, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, J- Justin Turner's hot. He's off to a good start. Corey Seager's off to a good start. But these guys aren't bums who have been hot for a couple of weeks. They're really good players who are playing like really good players. As in, Max- this is how they're going to play right. for pretty much the entire season. Right. Right. And, and there'll be some little ebbs and flows mm-hmm. on it. But this is not something that oh, – let me, let me think of an example. If Zach McKinstry, okay, who's one of their young players – had started these first 18 games of the season and had seven home runs and was getting on base 50% of the time and had driven in 18, you're like, okay, he's just out of his mind hot. This will even back. out as the as right. the season progresses, right? It's not, it's not what's happening. There are guys that – first of all, Cody Bellinger's only played in four games mm-hmm. out of the 18. Mm-hmm. Mookie Betts has missed more than a handful of games, mm-hmm. and they're still 14-4. and four. Their pitching has been extraordinary. That, that's one of the other things about it. I mentioned this this morning. As good as the Dodger offense is – the backbone of this team is still that pitching staff for all the reasons that we just mentioned. There's just no – you're hoping that you can have a good night against Dustin May and he throws 100 and it moves about four feet. That's the guy that you should beat, him. Yeah, that's literally absolutely ridiculous. Let me play something here. Dave Roberts on the uh, Dodgers-Padres you know, rivalry, if you want to call it that. But here's Dave Roberts um, from this uh, – From I think this was from last night. So as the Padres and Dodgers is starting to come, it's on the come. Um, but I think that geography just doesn't make a rivalry. You know, there's got to be, you know, high stakes that you're playing for. There's got to be a lot more history, which we're starting to get that. And uh, now to the current, um, A.J. Preller, um, Peter Seidler, the owner, they've done a lot of good things over there. Uh, Jace Tingler did a really nice job with, their, with the players, and they got a lot of talent. Uh, that last series, I will say, as I'm hesitant to talk about April games, uh, even simulating any any semblance of a playoff uh, vibe, but it did. Uh, I, I stand corrected. It did have that vibe, and uh, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun to be a part. And we've got these guys 16 more times. What, what Trav, what has to happen from here is we know what the Dodgers are going to do. If you're the Padres, you can't get swept by the Brewers, right? You can't. Right. This, is, this is what's going to also make this an actual rivalry is – these teams are going back and forth. Even if the Dodgers, I think we even talked before that first three-game set, you and I even mentioned, Dodgers would probably take two of the three. They took two of the three. Mm-hmm. Would you? I wouldn't be shocked in this, you know, upcoming four-game set. 
I'd be more surprised if, if it's split two and two. You're probably looking at it like, okay, the Padres had a good series. You know, yeah. you, you would say that that was a good series for the Padres. But when you get swept by the Brewers, when you're sitting at 10 and 10 through 20 games, I don't think anybody was expecting that. I want to read this tweet from our guy, Hector in San Diego, who is uh, a loyal listener to the show. And I love you, Hector, but you're out of your mind with this tweet. Let me, let me read it. It says, Trav, let's chill with the Padres talk. The Dodgers is not as good as you think. We were one hit from sweeping you guys. Hector. You were one hit from getting swept, and you lost two of three. Teams that lose two of three do not beat their chest with, hey, we were a hit away from sweeping you guys. You lost two of three. You beat Trevor Bauer on a day where he was not his best, and it really wasn't even him. It was the bullpen that kind of kicked it. You tell me where the Dodgers are overachieving right now. This is what we were just talking about. This is not as good as I think. There, there's an argument to be made that once they get hot, they'll be better. This is not guys out kicking their coverage. This is guys playing at about the rate that you would expect them to. Padres are underachieving a little bit right now. Padres are better than a 500 team. But the Dodgers were clearly the better team. The Dodgers have a better roster. They're deeper. They have a lot better pitching. The bullpen is just as good as San Diego. So I don't know why you walk out of that series feeling like you were just a piss of swing away. I don't get that part. This is, this is what Padre fans should say walking away from that three-game set. Um, we We... We, we played all right. We played pretty good. Dodgers didn't sweep us. We were in some of these games. Let's see how the rest of the season progresses. But what you can't do if you're a Padre, you know, for the Padres, you, you can't lose against these other teams, right? It's yeah. You can't just get up for the Dodgers and then you're losing these games in between. It takes away some of that, uh, you know, obviously some of that entertainment or that hype. All right, so the Dodgers are not the only team that's got great players. There's another guy that is off to a banana start as well. We'll tell you who it is. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. (laughs) I just love that Key has trouble with that. I don't know why that makes me laugh as much as it does, but it does, Slee. Yeah, I think, uh, listen, when you get invited on a national show like you do, I don't know if you guys know this, but Travis Rogers, um, he does national radio now, too. And then Keyshawn can't pronounce my name. Just kind of shows our levels. <laughs> yeah, shows well, our levels. Here, here's the rub, though, Slee. We're both on at 830 at night tonight. So I don't know what that means for either one of us. It, it kind of is what it is. This is it means a big we're deal. making it happen. Obviously, That's what it means. Absolutely. It means we're making it happen. Plus, we're the show of the people. I think that that has uh, been well established. Help me out with something here. Okay. I am a baseball guy, right? Mm-hmm. I... I I love baseball. I love the Dodgers the most, but I'll watch kind of anything. I just really enjoy. So everybody's got it's, that. One it's sport. how I am in with basketball. The NBA, Perfect. right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're you're the exact person who, because if you said to me, "Hey, Trav, did you see the Timberwolves and the Hawks the other night?" I'm like, what are you? Okay, I'm not going mind? that far. I'm not going that far. But yeah. yes, yes. No, no, I wouldn't see that. But I do watch if the Dodgers are either not on or they've already played. I'll flip over to the Angels, right, and see who see who they're playing. Dude, Otani is out of his mind. Hmm. 
I mean, he's finally healthy, at least for now, because A, Otani, and B, Angels. Those two things together seem to be a little bit of a, a, a bad combination so far. But dude hit another home run today. He pitched four innings the other day, and it was such a weird game because he struck out uh, seven, but he walked six. He only gave up one hit, but he only lasted four innings because he threw 80 pitches. And the dude is just a freak. He's six foot five. He hits 450-foot home runs. He runs the bases like Mike Trout. He's just, he's just putting on this incredible show. And I, I set it up like this because I want to ask you, do you care at all, or because he's kind of off the beaten path with the Angels, is it just kind of one of those, oh, yeah, that guy down there in Anaheim? Um, Trav, so as a casual baseball fan, right, I'm watching baseball. I'm not going to watch him the way you do. And, yes, if it's a, a big-time matchup, I, I'm not going to watch every game the way you do, okay? Otani is must-watch baseball. Yeah. Otani is must-watch TV. You know, I, I uh, yesterday the Lakers – no, it wasn't yesterday. I did Lakers talk yesterday. I get home, and I'm watching some highlights of some different uh, – um, watching some different highlights in the NBA, and I, I see this uh, – Otani was pitching. So I'm like, all right, Otani's pitching. Let me watch the highlights. It's kind of funny because you're right. In the first inning, what he, he walked the bases loaded and yeah. um, ends up uh, ends up um, you know getting at it. Four innings, doesn't give up any runs. Okay. Then you see him at the plate, and, and Mike Trout hit a bomb yesterday. Albert Pujols hit a bomb yesterday. So these are two yeah, as big a names as you can get in baseball. And I'm like, yeah, hey, sounds good. How'd Otani do? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of crazy. And that's you know that's me so fascinated with a player that's doing what he's doing, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, And I think I don't know how much of a conversation there is about, okay, should he be doing one or the other? Should he just be focused on hitting? But – I know for me, this guy is incredibly entertaining. If you're, you can, you can be a casual fan. This is, you know, there's certain athletes, right? The Mike Tyson, you were going to watch because it's Mike Tyson. You don't have to be a huge boxing fan. There's certain athletes in sports. Tiger Woods, you were going to watch golf because Tiger Woods was in it. I'm not saying Otani is that at the moment because I know there's many other players that have been in, you know, baseball for much longer that that are must-watch TV. Mm-hmm. But Otani is such a attractive. Um, he's entirely unique so unique that I will I'll go out of my way to watch an Angels game or watch highlights simply because he's on that squad yeah and the Angels have themselves a really interesting situation because if Otani just was their DH or you put him in left field or wherever you want to put him I I don't know if he can play the outfield but let's just say DHs that dude's gonna hit 30 maybe 40 home runs Mm -hmm. he's got that kind of power if you just put him on the mound every five days, assuming he can stay healthy, he's going to win you a bunch of games. He's going to strike out a million guys. Now, he's he's wild and he's all over the place, but I would assume with more work, he'd get that figured out. Trying to do both, I don't know what you get, right? I don't because he, he pitched yesterday, didn't hit. He played today, hit another home run today, but they lost. It's, it's just this weird – you kind of get – half of a really good meal with both of these things, whereas you could have a whole – they're trying to get two meals, yeah. and it's not coming together, mm-hmm. and they're not really even getting one because if you just left alone to do one, it would be a, a smash success. But I kind of dig that they're trying to do it because it's never been done, or at least it hasn't been done in about 100 years. Well, I, I think the key is this for the Angels. You're so early on in the season, unless he just starts giving up. Let's just say from a pitching perspective, he started getting rocked, and it, you know the answer just – 
it takes care of itself. Okay, we can't have this guy as a pitcher. He's not good enough to do it. Can't do it on a consistent basis. It's affecting his hitting. I think until you get into a predicament or situation like that, if you're the Angels, I don't know. There's there's an incredible amount of attention on your franchise right now that you're not accustomed to. It's not like I know Mike Trout is there, but the reality is that the team hasn't been winning, so you're not we're not getting an opportunity to see Mike Trout in a big playoff moment in a big playoff game and say there's Trout's moment. Oh my gosh, look what's going on with the Angels. Otani is giving them this attention that they don't have. I say keep this thing as is unless it, it falls off the tracks. And here's why they have to keep it the way it is too. And then we'll take a phone call coming up here in just a second. 877-710-ESPN. The Angel pitching is lousy. The reason Mike Trout has not been in the playoffs in 10 years mm. is because their pitching has been lousy. Maybe Trout The reason they pitching. probably will miss the playoffs again this year is because their pitching mm. is lousy. And they happen to have a guy who is not. He's really, really, really good. Mm. Now, he's raw. They're trying to figure – so I get what they're trying to do because if, if I were Joe Madden, the manager, I'd be saying – Let's try to make a run at this pitching thing exclusively and see what happens right now. There, there's a reason that the Angels were really the only team in baseball that were kind of down with letting them try to do both. That everyone else is like, uh, yeah, that's cool and all, but why don't we figure out one of these things before we try to do two? The Angels were like, come in and try to do two. And it's been cool to watch, but it hasn't been successful because their pitching stinks. And I think that's why they keep trying to do it. A, because it's fun to watch, and B, they need arms. Yeah, I, I, it kind of almost makes me think, you know, you have these athletes that are they're playing two sports in college and you got to eventually choose which one to play because you're going to affect one or the other and they make that decision and then they go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe down the road, Trav, maybe we're sitting here three, four months from now. Probably not, but maybe we're sitting here three, four months from now and it's just becoming more and more apparent that he's going to do one or the other. But I don't think I just don't think they're in a position right now to have to worry about that. Not yet. Not yet. I just hope he stays healthy because he is an incredibly fun guy to watch play. Let's go to Gardena and our pal Manuel. Manuel, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, my friend? Gentlemen. Oh, man. I totally co-sign on Otani, and I don't give a damn about the Angels. But back (laughs) to the Wednesday night spectacular. Sweet T. T. Raj. Big Traver. Our dude. All Night Allen. Playoff and the man, the Slee Stack, the voice of the Los Angeles Lakers. How the hell are you guys? Man, Manuel, don't forget, when you start doing these intros, Travis, you know, listen, the guy's been doing some national shows these last couple of days. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Tra- Trav ain't messing around, there, bro. Well, let's go. ESPN National and colleague of Max Kellerman, <laughs> T-Rod, Travis Rogers. Now we're talking. Keyshawn sidekick, if you will, for sure. America to listen to. Is that better? <laughs> that, that's much better. That, that, much better, because when, when Travis and I were talking earlier, he started talking about the, the morning show. He said, Trav, Keyshawn, like he started naming, he put himself in the front of oh, the, yeah. the, the he, title. He Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin, and Travis. That's the name of the show on our station. But he started That's changing right. it. He said T-Raj, Keyshawn, and like, you know, he, he just kind of, actually, I think he threw his name in twice. It should, it should be T-Raj featuring Zubin, uh, <laughs> Keyshawn, and, uh, and the other guy. Sounds anyway, good to me. Hey, man, that would be Jay Will. Um, you, you, guys, uh, you guys are awesome, man. I love when the spectacular comes together. You know what? Happy birthday to Brenda Walsh. We are in the minority. 
but we think that Doherty is a looker there, Travis. So uh, please, respect it. Lid now, for every pot, Manuel, for sure. Also, oh, yeah, yeah, speaking of pot, I could let, yesterday I called in and I told Sleestag, if he can't get the spleef going on 420, then I would he do it He said he'd do him. it for me. He did said you, he'd do it for me. I appreciate partake, that. Travis? Uh, yes. <laughs> ah, look at A, man. I'm proud of you, Travis. I love it, man. Burning it on both ends. Hey, well, well, it's, well, I, I don't. I don't really consume it in that form. I prefer it in a different way. But you know, it's a, it's a holiday, so why not? Hey, it's all good. I was gonna say, man, the way to go is wake and bake, and you won't. Hey, you won't have no problems if you see them dudes walking down the block. Hey, you'll be ready for them. You know what I mean? At four fifteen a.m. It wasn't. All no, good, that, man. Hold on, hold on a second, man. Well, let's be clear about this. This was not involved in any of my work capacities. This was post work. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Obviously, you know, you know, not all of us can uh, can handle the four twenty at all times, if you will. But uh, man, like I'm saying, man, you guys are doing the damn thing, Chris Morales, man. On the background, Curtis back there phone slacking like he was Stevie Carbone. I love it, man. Hey, keep up the good work, fellas. All right, Manuel. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. Manuel. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, look, Manuel, I need like Manuel is like my agent or something. Manuel comes in and just he's gets a hype man. fired up. Every yeah, he's time. a hype man. Hype man. That's yeah. even better. Like we're about better. to uh, we're about to come on the stage and, and give Manuel the mic. Ever since <laughs> lockdown, he's been around. He's been around the last year and a half. Manuel is very consistently. In- an old school talk radio listener. He has been around for a very long time, and he is a very, very loyal listener. Speaking of loyalty, Sui, I'm going to give you some numbers. They're going to blow your mind when it comes to an organizational loyalty program that every other team in professional sports, not one sport, all sports, should be paying attention Let's to. That's do it. coming up next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, Slee. So if I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. You ready? Okay. Yep. In your opinion, mm-hmm. what do you think is the most important thing to having a professional sports franchise have a sustained run of success? Not just have a good season, but be one of those teams that's pretty good year in and year out. So I'm always the – it starts at the top. And I and I I get the whole, um, you know, a coach is not going to play, uh, an owner is not playing, the front office is not playing. But I think there's a theme here. You have the right owner that puts the right people in place, that understands how to spend the money wisely, um, that has a passion for actually being successful and winning. Uh, I think the ownership is the most important ingredient. I'll take the just use the Lakers as an example. Um, Dr. Jerry Buss 
just his success, the Lakers' success was because of Dr. Jerry Buss. So he yep. was pulling the strings from the top, and it kind of trickled the trickle effect from there. So that's what I think is the most important. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the right answer. I think it's owners, and I think that the Lakers you are You think the perfect- third base coach is <laughs> Critical. Lakers are a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at a team like the um, Washington football team with Dan Snyder. Have they been good since he's gotten the team? How about no. Dolan? You look at Jim Dolan in, in uh, New York with the Knicks. They've never been good. You look at Jerry Jones, who knows how to make money and is incredibly powerful, and he's a very smart guy, and he knows how to do all these things, but when it comes to staying out of the way, he's a disaster. His ego and his control has not allowed him to put the right people in place to go succeed. He wants all the credit, and every single year they're they're uh, you know obviously they're, non-successful. They're somewhere between mediocre to bad, mm-hmm. and, and that's not a coincidence. And then – there's this because this I, I saw this today and I and had you asked me I think I would have gotten it right but when I saw it on the television screen I'm like you got to be kidding me the Steelers signed Mike Tomlin to a three year extension yep Mike Tomlin is the third coach that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had since 1969 1969 they've had three coaches they've had Chuck Knoll Bill Cower covered and all Mike of them Tomlin. <laughs> you were there when Chuck Knoll signed that deal. But you, you, you think, of, I mean, that's unbelievable. Which unbelievable, means that it really is. There, there, there's two things mm-hmm. going on there. The owners are excellent at identifying talented people, and they're excellent at getting up out of the way, right? Just, okay, that Chuck Knoll guy, he's going to be good. Put him in there. Let him do his thing. Okay, he's done. He's been there 20 years. All right, Bill Cowher, he's good. Great. Okay, he's done. More Super Bowls. Great. Get the next. Mike, that's the guy. Mike Tom, put him. Another Super Bowl. Great. It's extraordinary. But, but Travis, Travis, just as important as that, as you know, identifying the right person, of course, that's obviously incredibly important. They let things marinate. They they give their coaches an opportunity to actually do it. You know how many decisions are probably made by coaches and GMs because they think they're about to get fired or they think if they don't quickly turn things around, they're going to be gone. I mm-hmm. think that part of it is so big as well. I mean, and, and that organization, the Pittsburgh Steelers, have kind of given off this. And, and I'm not saying you can't be successful, but what I'm saying is that They've given their coaches a chance to freaking succeed or fail, and that's one thing that it, we just we're not accustomed to that anymore in sports. In sports, two years you got a coach, it's like all right, that's it, get rid of them. Wait a minute, what? Why is it the coach's fault? How about all the other it's factors not. that come into play? And uh, Pittsburgh has obviously figured something it's, out. Occasionally, it will be the coach's fault, but more often than not, it's the organization's fault for picking the wrong guy or getting rid of the right guy too quickly. Here's how about this, Lee? Mm-hmm. The Rams, right? Rams have been a pretty successful team throughout most of their history. Okay, they they've won a Super Bowl, they've been to Super Bowls, but in, in the '80s, they've been to Super Bowls in the '90s, in the 2000s. We know they were just back a couple of years ago. They've they've had some bad years in there as well, but the Rams are a pretty stable group. They've had 15 coaches. Go back to 1969. Their head coach was George Allen. And since George Allen, it's been George Allen, Tommy Prothrow, Ray Malavese. John Robinson was there for nine years, so he eats a big chunk of that. Chuck Knox was there twice. You got Rich Brooks, Dick Vermeil, Joe Vitt, Mike March, Scott Linehan, Jim Hazlitt, Steve Spagnolo, Jim Fo- or John Fossil, excuse me, Jeff Fisher, and now Sean McVay. That's 16 different coaching changes in the same time that the Steelers have had three, and the Rams don't have a ton of turnover. Uh, Chargers, <laughs> you want to know the Chargers total? 16. Hit me. 16. 
And that's and I could go down the list, but you know, just kind of name off some of these names: Don Coryell, uh, Al Sanders, yep. um, Dan Henning, Bobby Ross. If you remember, that was uh, he actually actually sure. Bobby Ross was pretty good for the Lakers or for the Lakers for the Chargers. June Jones, Mike Riley, Schottenheimer. Go down the list: North Turner. They have recycled coaches on a year-in, year-out basis. The last one, Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn, who was there for actually a few years, and now um, Brandon Staley. You know, listen, Trav, I, I'll go back to this. So many times it's so easy. Use the Dodgers. You want to use the Dodgers as an example? I mean, is that not a, a, sure. a great example to use the Dodgers of ownership today? By the way, you don't even really hear about the ownership. You're not even – Well, I was just going to say, Slay, I think that's why the, the two the two biggest teams in this town, the Dodgers and the Lakers, are set up for such long runs of success, not just because they have AD and LeBron in, in, in Laker uniforms and not just because you have Mookie and Bellinger and Seager in Dodger uniforms. But, like, you, you just said it yourself. I bet you if you went up to Laker fans and said, who's the owner? They're going to say, Gene Buss is the owner. They sure. know that, right? Sure. Because she's public and she's accessible and she shows up places. And Dr. And Jerry Buss and, was and there for all these years. Right. right, yep. Right. We've known Jeannie for 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. At least, maybe longer. If you went up to even the most diehard Dodger fan and said, who's the owner of the Dodgers? It'd be, uh, Magic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Magic's in yeah. the group, but yeah. Magic's not really the guy that's owning the team. He's a He's got a piece of the team. But nobody really knows. But here's what you do know. Dave Roberts has been there for a long time. Andrew Friedman's been there for a long time. Stam Kasten's been there for a long time. Then those guys have put all these pieces in place that that stability that you have at the very top, like you were talking about, the Lakers and Dodgers have it about as stable as you can. And you look just down the road, I don't mean to pick on the Angels here, but they've been turning over the manager a bunch since Mike Sosha. They've turned over that general manager seat even more than that, even when Mike Sosha was there. And when you just have that churn nonstop, it's really hard to have a plan. You never, uh, you never, you're one of those. I'm sure you're one of those. Uh, what, what do you say? You say you barbecue a lot, right? You you go out there yeah. and you put some some fantastic cuts of meat on there. You can't you can't rush it. Like there's there's certain things that just are going to need time. You can't churn up the uh, you know churn up the temperature on the grill and all of a sudden your food is going to cook perfect faster and it's perfect inside. You just can't do it. And I think that happens so much in sports where you have predicaments and situations where guys just don't have the patience. Maybe they're feeling the pressure. Coaches start making decisions because they're trying to save their job. GMs make decisions and and knee-jerk reactions on trades. You just never feel comfortable, and I think a lot of that comes from ownership. Yeah, and the Dodgers and the Lakers are set up better because when I saw that Steeler thing, I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. You start thinking about ownership, and the Dodgers and the Lakers are just in By, a by the way, the Lakers, let, let's, let's say this, Lakers, you know, once – um, Dr. Jerry Buss, you know, unfortunately passed away. Lakers were recycling. There were there was definitely some there was yep. not stability there. Now for the first time we obviously have some stability. And here's something else I'll say about both the Dodgers and the Lakers, which I do not believe is true for more than half of professional sports teams. I bet you it's maybe not even a quarter mm-hmm. of professional sports teams. Both the Dodgers and the Lakers both fall into this. They want to win. Their goal is to win while making money where the other team's goals are to let's make as much money as we can, and after we're done doing that, let's see if we can put a team on the court slash field that's competitive. The The Dodgers and the Lakers don't go at it like that. They want to make money. Let's not be stupid about it. But they want to win while they make money. But that's you know, that that's the key there. It's part of the business model. It's not, you know, um, it's not just can we make a profit. It's not 
well, if we move our team from this city to that market, uh, what's what's the team going to be worth at that? No, no, no. These guys, it's part of their business model. And it's not just the Lakers, not just the Dodgers. Look at, obviously, the San Antonio Spurs. Look at the Patriots. I mean, there's franchises that we could talk about where there's been stability, and those are just examples. And you see them in big markets. You see them in small markets. Big markets obviously have an incredible amount of advantage in certain ways, um, and small markets just have to be more strategic. But it, it's not a market thing. It's just happen to happen. It's happening in L.A., but then there's also sports franchises within L.A. that certainly don't have a model like that i'll tell you one another team here in town that wants to win and they've proven it by the way that they've spent money and been willing to, to trade some things away to get some things done are the rams rams are spending money like crazy and they're not well we sunk all this money into jared goff now what are we going to do it's like nope let's get his butt out of here let's go get a better player it may it may cost us something down the road but let's do it anyway trav clippers Clippers are trying to figure it out too, yeah. and and you know Bomber sure. Bomber has where he's made a lot of his moves has been more from a front office perspective, and then it obviously has trickled down there. Now the one thing with Bomber is he doesn't have enough money. That's the thing is the guy just does not have. What is he up to? Like seventy billion? I literally think he's seventy billion. I don't know. It seems uh, he's got enough. He looks he's, at he's Mark good. Cuban and he's like. What, what? How do you sleep at night with your six billion? Ima- <laughs> <laughs> you know? Imagine never having to worry about whether you should get that second bottle of wine or not. Hey, you know, should we get another bottle? Ah, God, I don't know. It's sixty-five bucks. I don't know. Yeah, go. Let's, yes. Listen, let's drive home real quick. Why don't we just buy quick. the winery? Let's drive home real quick. All right. Let's drink. Uh, we'll have another glass and then we'll come back. We'll, we'll come back. Yeah. We'll BYOW along the way. All right. You know what we do last on this show? It is time for the dump. Just why does Morales say it twice? I just don't understand why he always says it twice. He's going to say it twice in about two minutes from right now. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. (laughs) I mean... We got it. Yeah, we understand he, what it's he called. Did, he does say it twice. All right, let's start with this, Lee. I, I meant to do this in Ask Slee because okay. I got this one very early this morning, but mm-hmm. I kind of lost track. Uh, it says, my 12-year-old team lost, I'm assuming a baseball team, lost 9-3 to last night. First okay. loss of the season, mm-hmm. and we were totally flat. We're now 5-1. and one. How do I take my frustration out on them in practice tomorrow? Any suggestions for uh, Ryan? Uh, it just more sounds like a manager thing. You know, I, I just feel like he didn't have his squad ready, and now he's trying to take it out on the kids. How about he sits at home, does some self-reflection, does some type of meditation, kind of puts himself in a room for a couple of hours and thinks about that loss? I, Trav, I don't know if you take it out on the kids. What about the manager? No, well, first, let me explain something to you as somebody who has coached kids uh, a yeah. couple of different times. Mm-hmm. When you win, it's because you did a good job managing them, and when you lose, it's because they didn't listen. <laughs> That's the rule of being the manager. Here, you you could is that do... what you tell them? Is that what? Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. No, and listen, you losers. This is my favorite drill to do when your team is flat, Ryan. This is a good one. You do the dugout drill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you put them all in the dugout, and you say, "Okay, let's take our positions. Go to the go to the position you played most recently, and you'll run out and they'll fill up the nine positions." 
And then you say, okay, good. Now let's let's run off like the, the third out was made. And then they run back into the dugout. You do that four or five times, and they're bored, and they're looking at you, and you say, well, what are we going to do? And you say, well, look, we weren't hustling. We weren't, we weren't lively. So we can do this and do this right, or we could do some baseball stuff if you guys want to get into it. And they will almost always be ready to go after you kind of just make them run in and out of the dugout three or four remember times. The, uh, remember the suicide drill back in uh, uh, the basketball days? Yeah, I would always just fake an injury at that. I run like that. I, I wouldn't fake an injury but it took me forever I, just running from baseline to the free throw line baseline to the three-point line baseline to half court but, and do that all the way Half, halfway through on my coach um listen man um i'm middle eastern and my endurance is not as good as some of the other people here i'm gonna need a quick breather give me a quick time out here real quick so Come you on, played please. the ethnicity card to get yeah. out of that drill? How how is he going to respond to that? I mean, you throw you throw the Middle Eastern card out there, it kind of changes things. The coach wasn't prepared for that. The other way you can do it is you can take the good players in one group and the other players in another group and explain to the good ones, look, you're going to have to cover up for these kids because they can't do anything right. That's the other way to do it. I would be listening in from behind. What what they what they say? You say, all right, look, we're going to take infield. Um, you, Jimmy, John, Jack, and Jimmy, uh, you guys are ready. You hit them, you turn to, okay, look, make sure your gloves down. We're going to turn it. We're going to flip it. We're going to do this. And then you get, um, you know, uh, Skyler and Bryn and um, the Why other kids. Why do you say it like that? Why do you because say it like they, that? Because the, the kids are always have those, those names that have multiple Ys in it, like Tyler with three Ys. So you put Tyler with three Ys in and you say, all right, you just hit a, okay, we're out of baseballs. Bring it in. Tyler, you can go home early, buddy. Just go home early. <laughs> All right. So, to happy birthday to Tony Danza Slee, who turns 70 years old today. Wow. Who's the boss? Tony Danza. Taxi, Tony Danza. Mm. Huge Dodger fan, Tony Danza. Happy 70th to him. Uh, I can only think of uh, Alyssa Milano when I think of who's the boss. So, um, Tony Danza, if you get a chance to talk to Alyssa, tell her uh, – we appreciate how great she was and who's the boss. Alyssa Milano, another big Dodger fan as well. You're you're a little bit younger than I am. Give me your favorite like because now like sitcoms don't really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. At least not that like popular like they were back in the day. What was your show as a kid? Was uh, it who's the boss because of Alyssa? No, actually, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Fresh okay. Prince of Bel Air. Um, that was Will Smith was just amazing and. That uh, Karen Parsons was good in that show too. I'm that just throwing that out there. That uh, that entire kind of cast and the show and the style of it, uh, definitely Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, not bad. Yeah. I was a Growing Pains guy. Mm-hmm. That was a, an '80s one. Family Matters. It. Family Matters was a good one. That one there. I see Urkel. Urkel was. Eh, I just never. Urkel never hit me right. Who's the other one? Let me think here. Uh, doing this here on the. I think I've mentioned Married with Children. Al Bundy yeah. was just the greatest. I mean, the guy had four touchdowns in one game. You know, <laughs> Paul Kai. People don't talk enough about that, but four touchdowns. Um, <laughs> can't think of any other ones. Those are the main ones. Were you a Happy Days guy at any point in your life? No. Did you ever hit that? No. No. Not a, I was because after you mentioned Shane, or, uh, Brenda from nine hundred two and zero, I thought you might be a Joni guy. <laughs> I just I'm, I'm trying to find your lane, and it just seemed to me that maybe Joni That's was awesome. a fastball over the Chachi. middle of the plate for you. Who's the other one? Boy meets world. Boy meets world. Another one. Yeah, we're see we're in different. You, you're. You, you are about 10 years younger yeah. than me. So yeah. those like that, I know Topanga and I know that I liked her too, but that I was a little old for that show at that point. But adult Topanga is pretty good. All right, let's move on to this one. Um, there was a miss, miss, excuse me, this is important. I need to get this right. Yep. A Mrs. Mrs. World yep. mm-hmm. competition in Sri Lanka. And one of the women was declared the winner. Hey, every, and then, everybody knows the story. And this is. Uh, <laughs> 
Why, then, why would you uh, even? Why would? Why I think you're. I feel like the fact you're assuming that people don't know about the story is a little disrespectful. And then another woman attacked her <laughs> after she found out that she was divorced because it's Mrs. World, it's not Mrs. World, ex Mrs. World, right? So she tore the uh, crown off of mm-hmm. her head, resulting in some tiara injuries. There's a rule that you have to be married, not divorced. Right. So. I, I just kind of find it, you know, this world where we're going, the fact that somebody was trying to win the Mrs. Universe, Mrs. Universe, is that what Mrs. you said? Mrs. World. Mrs. World. Yes. Knowing that those are the rules is just, I don't like the direction that we're going in in this world because of examples like this. You a beauty pageant guy at all? No. No. I like the interviews only. Like the other stuff is kind of whatever. It's but I the, the I honestly believe that U.S. Americans don't have maps. Like I I just want I I'm always hopeful that something like that is going to spring up again and we can and those come up often again. and when they do, those poor girls. Because the when, questions once, are always that, that's kind of you. That becomes that's kind of who you well, are. The questions are always very insightful. It's like, all right, your favorite color is. And well, you know, it's just um, it's it's just the dumbest thing in the world. All you, right, you sound sleep. like a beauty pageant gal. Wait, <laughs> the way you were talking there. We get another night off tonight, and then we're back at it Friday night. That's the next yes, edition sir. of Travis and Slee. We will see everybody then at seven on Friday. Appreciate for checking you tuning it out. in.